99 to KMA 907, Unit 99, Sergeant Guthrie, 909, in service and on the air. This is Sergeant Bruce Guthrie of Unit 99 at Headquarters, Police Department, City of Sacramento, California. My detail is to ride in Unit 99, a tape recorder-equipped radio car, and to respond whenever the dispatcher transmits a signal to one of our other units on duty somewhere in the city. At the scene, we make the recordings which we provide for this program. Now, to tell you more about Unit 99, here's our chief, James V. Hicks, Sacramento Police. We have provided Unit 99 of the Sacramento Police Department the tape recorder it carries, and the officer in charge, Sergeant Guthrie, so that you, who depend on your police for protection, can hear them in action, on duty. And what you hear on this radio program is real. No question about it. The suspects are real. The victims are real. Bear this in mind as you hear these cases. Now to Unit 99 and Sergeant Bruce Guthrie on duty. Unit 7. in the service station at 65th and Folsom Boulevard. See a woman regarding a 211. Check the given out of 7. Well, a 211 call out on Folsom Boulevard. It's quite a ways out. It's a female. Could possibly be a purse snatch. We better go out and see what it is. Let's get out and see what it is. We better follow them. I see they just drove off. On the railroad track on Eastern Avenue, Seven has the woman in the car. They are heading towards Eastern Avenue. The detectives are following Unit Seven. I see cars dispersed along the railroad tracks. At the moment, we're cruising down Eastern Avenue towards J Street. 
one seems to be looking along the tracks, see if they can spot this man. kind of dark out here tonight. Detectives may have spotted something. I see they're turning around. We better turn around and see where they're going. So it would be interesting to get the background on this. Why not? How the woman was accosted. Apparently she's on foot. Riding in the squad car, I didn't see any other automobile around, did you? No. Gonna ride out Fulton Boulevard here a ways and you know what that was. There's a light up on top of that overpass there. It must be one of the officers searching along the top. Nothing out this way. One of the traffic cars, the officers are out looking through a pile of concrete pipes. Pipes are stacked up like high fences and make it a little difficult to search. Uh, Unity, what direction is that man traveling on the tracks? Unit 7's location so we can get some more information on this thing. Unit 99 to Cami 907. Go ahead. We got Unit 7's location so we can meet them, please. Unit 7, what is your location? Unit 7. 99, we can know your location. We're in the Tankard Cement Plant over off Folsom Boulevard, just south of Folsom. Check 7. Unit 99. Where is it going up? 7 is the Tankard Cement Plant, south of Folsom. 99, Roger. You want to fill us in on this, Lopes? What has happened so far? Well, this, uh culprit picked this woman up, or rather was in her car when she came out of a building downtown, and he forced her to drive around for a while. Uh, he had a revolver, and uh, he made her drive him out to 65th and Eastern Avenue. Yeah. And then he got out of the car. He stole $10 from her, incidentally. How'd he get the $10? She gave it to him under threat of the revolver. And, uh, and then he got out of the car and went up on the railroad tracks. He had told her that he was going to catch a freight and leave town. We're searching the railroad tracks now, trying to Trying to find him. We blocked off the south end, but so far we have seen nothing. Did you get a better description of the man than we have with just a baseball cap? Well, the description she gave, uh, the complete description was he's about 27, fairly tall. He's wearing a baseball cap with the uh, bill turned up and a brown jacket with a brown fur collar and blue jeans. He's not too, uh, not too clean. He's supposed to be uh, somewhat dirty. You've put that out on the air already, haven't you? Yes, that description is on the air. You want to go over and uh, talk to this woman for us? Yes, all right. She's in the office right over here. Fine. 
We're going into the office of the Tykert Cement Company plant. Underneath some big bins here. Good evening. We've, uh, so far, we've seen nothing. Did he head in any direction after he got out of the car? Or just towards the railroad tracks? I didn't watch. He, uh, he didn't sound like he knew the town at all, so uh, I told him that the railroad tracks were right up here, and I, I would let him off. I, w- I wonder if you could uh, give us a rundown again now, just how he happened to get in your car and what and what happened. Well, I was coming out of the Y, WCA, and uh, I got in my car, and uh, just as soon as I started the motor, well, he opened the door and pointed this gun at me and said, uh, I won't hurt you. Don't be frightened. He said, I just want you to get me out of town as soon as, as fast as you can. He said, I want you to take me to Highway, Highway 99. I told him I didn't know where it was, and he said, well, he would direct me. So he started, uh, he told me to go uh, south. And so uh, I followed his directions, and he didn't seem to know where Highway 99 was. He wanted to go to Bakersfield, he said at that time. And so uh, then he took his directions, took me out to Power Inn Road, right out here. And we went down this long road, and uh, we waited. He made me park the car, and we waited there. He didn't rate me, so he just uh, turned the lights off. And uh, no trains were coming, so uh, he asked me how to get over to some highway, and I said, I guess you take the power in road, and I'll take you over to uh, Foot Ridge. But then he changed his mind, and we came down this way, down to 71st, I guess it is, mm-hmm. in front of Standard Station to Folsom. And then uh, I said that there are some railroad tracks over here by the State College. I said, I can drive you over there as close as I can get you and I said it's dark and you can get your train there so he agreed and so I took him right over here as soon as I met the uh, four four lanes mm-hmm. he wanted me to turn right around there I guess right next to that Bernie's that's right there at 65th and Eastern then is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right there I didn't uh, go down well, when he got out of the car the instant he got out of the car what did you do I went to the standard station and called you. I mean, right at that moment, did you watch which direction he went or what he did at that point? No, I I told him that he could get the railroad tracks right there, and I said, if you go up farther, why, there's you wouldn't have to go through all these buildings here. Mm-hmm. He said, no, that won't bother me. He says, I'll just make my way through the buildings and go on up to the railroad track. Well, um, as, you, as he got out of the car now, yeah. You you didn't uh, you didn't watch where he went, which direction he went. No. Except that he said he was going between those buildings. Yes, I just took it for granted that's what he was do because I offered to take him down farther where there weren't any buildings, you know, up there by the state college mm-hmm. where there's just weeds. Mm-hmm. So he said the buildings wouldn't stop him. Uh, you mentioned wasn't it on J Street that he had claimed that he had committed an armed robbery tonight? Yes, with a friend, and he said that. Uh, they got, well, his friend got away with over 3000 He said it was $3,400, and that's what made him mad. His friend just got in a car with all the money and left him without... He said that there, uh, there were two other men that they shot. He shot one, and his friend shot one. Got in their way. He said that this store won't find out about the money until tomorrow morning. He didn't mention any time particularly, did he? Mm, no. He sounded as if he... As was if it just had occurred, was that the idea? Yes. Did he seem to be excited, agitated? He was nervous. Very nervous. 
He was, yes, he hit me across the face for I don't know why. What, uh, at what point did he hit you in the face? Where were you at the time? That's Powerian Road. So when you were parked out there, right? Yes. Uh, he had a gun. Yes. That's correct. And he had the gun pointed at you all the time? Yes, at the, at my cheek and then, and then under my neck, right did in he here. Did he touch you with the gun? Yes. Mm -hmm. His main aim, he said, was to get this, uh, take care of this friend of his who left him out in the cold without the money. Mm -hmm. He was going to put him out in the hospital as soon as he... Did he, uh, outside of striking you that once and then, and then uh, threatening you with the gun, did he at any other time molest you in any way? He said that uh, he wouldn't rape anyone anyway, and he wasn't after my money. I gave him $10 anyway. I told him, take, take what money I have and just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. So he said he'd take, he said, well, he'd take ten dollars and he would uh, see to it that someone would leave me more down at the Y mm -hmm. if he wanted to repay me. Did he try to get any other, uh, personal information from you, such as your name and address and so forth? He asked me my, my name and I didn't tell him the truth. And of course you didn't tell him in any way where you lived or how he could locate you. On, uh, Were you driving the car all this time? Yes. Mm -hmm. He was directing you in other words, just telling you where to yes, go. Yes, he wore a handkerchief around his mouth also. And brown knitted gloves and he all he had this gun pointed at me until the time we reached us uh, on our way back when mm -hmm. we well, went past standard he said well I guess I don't need this gun I can trust you you say your partner just come in manual let's find out if they found it well they went out again <laughs> well it's uh it's a very difficult area to search because of the a lot of shrubbery a lot of bushes around and of course along a, a railroad levee like that there are all kinds of buildings and so forth and uh, he could have gone off in either, well, in any direction as far as that goes. He might have gone right on over the levee. Uh, we were going on the assumption that he intended to stay on the levee, and we blocked off the levee south of here and north of here, and officers are searching in, in the between them. Yes, as we came up, we saw the cars scattering along the railroad right away. Well, as soon as we got the information as to what it was and where he might have gone, we, we called the radio dispatcher and advised her, and uh, she dispatched cars out here to aid us in this. Is there anything else that you can think of that might help us in this investigation now? Anything about the man that is in the least very peculiar? No. He told me he was 27, and he uh, he had a cough, kind of. Sound like a cold. Didn't have any speech impediments or anything wrong with him that you noticed particularly? No. You said he had a cough. Did he have the... Uh the common nasal sound of a person who has a cold? No, it was just uh, on occasions. He just went, <coughs> mm, that was it. I see. Maybe sniffed a couple of times. Mm -hmm. That was all. Did he at any time remove this mask from his face? This no. handkerchief? No. You, saw, you, you didn't see the lower part of his face no. then all this time? Uh -huh. uh, just as a matter of, of question, do you recall at any time during this long drive whether or not you passed a police car? No. He said that they were looking. He was hot. I asked him what that meant. He said that that meant that they were after me. And uh, I said, well, I don't hear any sirens or anything. And he said, well, they're still after me. I've got to get out of town as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. I see the detectives have come. Are you assigned to this case? No, we're starving the neighborhood with the rest of the officers. They found anything yet, Steve? Not yet, no. Still looking around. The gunman who kidnapped this young woman is still at large. The officers had little to go on. The victim could not say definitely in which direction the man disappeared, and he undoubtedly went over the railroad embankment into the county. His story of shooting two men in a holdup that day was false, told properly to intimidate the woman. 
a car speeding from the scene tied in with this case, however, and for that, back to Unit Six has just stopped that car that was described by the radio dispatcher. Stopped up on top of the overpass. Haven't been able to get any information on whether it ties in or not, but we're going up there. There are two traffic units. Squad six. We have a car stopped. Apparently, only one man in the car. Let's get out and see what the officers have found. Hello, Clark Morris. What is it? Uh, this fellow here, we were going north on uh, Elvis here, or Eastern, and we noticed him pulling a U-turn in front of us. We had just received a call uh, relating to this other matter here about the young woman that uh, the 49 or 50 Chevrolet was seen going north on Elvis. And this fellow here, his actions were very peculiar. He pulled a U-turn right in front of us. And the, it's a two-tone car, but the bottom part is light green. And we followed him for about uh, a quarter of a mile, and he pulled another U-turn and was uh, starting back the other way, so we stopped him to check him out. The uh, situation looks pretty good here so far, though. He's just coming back from the uh, Sunday school conference, he says. Out in this area? Uh, it's downtown. We didn't get the exact location as yet. The other officer, Morris, is checking him more thoroughly. Well, you better get over there and help him. I see Morris is going to search the car. All right, fine. Oh, it's a memorial auditorium. There's, there is two old relic guns in the glove compartment there. That... Well, what are they doing in there? Huh? What are they doing? Well, in there? I had them out showing some of the kids. I mean, uh, one of them's just a relic. And uh, what do you mean by a relic? I mean, I just kind of collect them. You I collect guns. That's your hobby. No, that's not my hobby. My hobby's not a railroad. Who owns the revolvers? I do. You own them? Mm -hmm. You have I've, a... I've had them for several years. You always carry a loaded gun in the car? No, I was out hunting the other day. Not Back hunting, here. but just fooling around. Fooling around. Where are you living at now? I live with my folks. You ever been arrested or anything? No, I haven't, sir. Ever been any trouble at all? No, sir. None whatsoever. You those guns registered? No, they aren't. Where'd you buy them at? I didn't buy them. They'd given them to me. I mean, uh... Do you know who gave them to you? Well, I got one. It was just laying around down the shop where Dad works. I just got it and... Does your father know you have it? Yes. Does it belong to him? It belongs to me. Well, why was it laying around the shop? Well, it was... It was been there for about 25 years, see, and, and it was... What about the other one? Well, I had it ever since I was a kid. Seven, eight years. Where'd you get it? So it was out in the garage where we lived when we moved there. 
He just seemed to run into guns laying around all over the place, huh? <clears throat> Everybody no. just happens to leave guns laying around where you can just happen to find them, huh? No, that's not the deal. I mean, I don't think it's the deal at all. Why? I think you better come up with a better explanation of where they got those guns. Well, that's where I got them. And I got more guns at home. It's just part of my hunting facilities. Do you know what that puts you in violation of? What? You got a concealed weapon in there. Gee, gets. You don't have any legitimate reason for having them in the car. That's obvious. No, I it's don't. It's nighttime. You're not coming or going to a range, or you're not going hunting. Well, I was just coming back from convention, that's all. And I just didn't take them out from the other day. Well, you wouldn't have any reason to have them in the car tonight if you went to a convention, even. No. There's no logical reason for carrying guns in your car unless you have some ulterior motive. I don't have none ulterior motives, that's for the sure. Guns are loaded. That's a violation. Even if you were going hunting, that's a violation. You're not supposed to carry a loaded gun in your car at any time. That's true. Well, it makes it look very suspicious under the circumstances, wouldn't you yeah, say? I realize that. Yes, I do. How old are you? Twenty. Twenty years old. Go to school? No, sir. Do some tall explaining, I'm afraid. You mean about the guns? About the guns. Well, I mean, there's... There's no reason for him to be loaded, that's for sure. There's no reason for him to be in the car, either. Well, while the officers are finishing the checkup on this car, let's see if uh, Officer Lopes has come up with anything else. Did you come up with anything, Benno? The only thing was that description of that Chevrolet. Marty gave it to me. And uh, that was that green Chevrolet 49 or 50 that was uh, left there in a big hurry. Mm -hmm. Left uh, the underpass on Folsom Boulevard. It wasn't those two-tone jobs. Apparently, uh, from Marty seemed to think it was one color, and it was a Chevrolet, 49 or 50 Chevrolet. Yeah, I see. This, well, this, with that. this turned in to be a little bit interesting. We found a couple of guns in this car. Well, you never know what'll turn up in this business. You never know. Clark, what are you going to do with this fellow? Well, we have the uh, two loaded revolvers here, Sergeant. We're going to take him down and book him on a concealed weapons charge. This is definitely a, a violation of the uh, penal code. He has both of these in his glove compartment. Both of them are loaded, and he also has two boxes of shells in there, too. There was no tie-up between the kidnapper and the Sunday school convention delegate. The kidnapped victim viewed the young man in a lineup and cleared him. He was booked for concealed weapons, but the charge was subsequently dismissed. This is Unit 99, presented in cooperation with Station KFBK in Sacramento, California. These on-the-scene tape recordings were provided by the Sacramento Police Department and were made on duty by Sergeant Bruce Guthrie in Unit 99. Your host is Chief James V. Hicks of the Sacramento Police Department. Be with us when once again you will hear... KMA 907, Sacramento Unit 99 is a presentation of the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.